Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This month's episode is sponsored by SB Sports. In partnership with Jason Quigley, James the Sopranos Gallagher, and now of course Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Get all your sportswear from boxing gear to football kits. Get 15% off with this special discount code, AMO2020. To do that, follow the link on our Facebook page. Thank you very much, SB Sports. for listening this is a bit of a different episode today because we wanted to cover something a little bit different um obviously it's it's unavoidable the fact that jordan 2020 has been probably one of the hardest years and we're probably going to see the ramifications of everything that's gone on this year for probably the the next few years to come in terms of businesses in terms of mental health and all of these different things and we wanted to cover that today i suppose and talk a little bit about that and especially when it comes to football one of the things that we've seen, obviously, when it came to lockdown was was football closing off, was not being able to watch football anymore. Um, and that had an effect on a lot of people's lives. Um, and obviously, with football starting back again, it's it's been able to help a lot of people. And we've seen that. And and even the, the sort of the commentators on BT Sport and Sky Sports uh, have alluded to it as well. So we thought it was well worth as a football podcast being able to talk about it. Um, and I know, Ammo, you were wanting to push this quite a lot obviously the last few months has been difficult for you personally um so what was the what was the thinking behind us doing this podcast well like the two places close to my heart uh, obviously liverpool mm. and um the Strabant and Derry area um here in ireland northern ireland and it occurred to me um over the last kind of week or so um the two places close to my heart are going into kind of a semi-lockdown now it's not the same as the last time but it's it's kind of um, it's still a lockdown as such. And for me, I remember when lockdown hit the last time. And from a very selfish point of view, I'd just become a new father. Um, I was going through a lot, kind of changing locations and all these type of things. 
But the biggest thing that hit me when I, I heard about the lockdown was what, no football. And it, you know, some people think it's only football and it, it's not that important. And we've said this a hundred times, isn't it? Of the least most important things. So basically things that don't matter, football mm. is the most important thing. And uh, I was just gutted because you know, Liverpool were flying. I'd spent years and years of getting grief off so many people. <laughs> Darren, who lives in Strabane, they'll know what it's like. The way Strabane works is just people who, who you know, hate Liverpool and stuff and the United men and stuff. I've had some stick. And I just wanted to kind of grasp that glory of Liverpool being champions. And we just got, got put off. But on a, on a very real scale, um, I was just gutted that there was no football. I had to stop playing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I found that like, I put weight on. You know, I know yourself, Danny. You're into your, your, your PT and your gym and, and, and stuff like that. And we've actually done stuff together. And hey, that's brilliant. And I, I, I'm so happy for you. And I'm so happy for other people that can find something that they do and love. But for me, it's just not me. Yeah. The way I can, you know, keep my physical and mental health good um, for years and years and years is, is playing football. And we, we straight away you couldn't play football and you couldn't watch football. So that's a big part of my life. Like most of my friendship groups are based through football. I, I look at my, say, hardcore group of friends, say 15 people or whatever it may be. I would say I probably know 12 or 30 of them through football. Mm. So when that was stopped, it was really a big thing for me. Um, and I went through a few personal stuff recently and thing, things over the last couple of months have been really, really difficult. But it occurred to me the other day, I was sitting there thinking, do you know what, we're going into kind of another lockdown to two places that I love, but the football's still on. You're still allowed to play seven aside, and you're not allowed to play eight aside, but that's another that's another <laughs> issue you really want. But you're allowed to play seven aside, and we've still got the football on TV. Even if Villa stuffed Liverpool the last match, it was still a talking point. It was still, you could have a bit of banter with people. Um, and I just, I'm just so happy the football's still on, because for me, if the football wasn't on this time round, um, and couldn't play football. Um, I think that I would be in a lot more, a lot more of a darker place. Mm. Um, and I look at all the friends. The, 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 I'm not going to go too much into my personal situation over the last couple of months, but it's been tight. And I look at these friends that have stepped up and helped me. I've actually met a lot of them through playing football. Mm. It's it's easy way to meet people that you, there's no pressure on you. You're all turned up for the love of the sport. You have a game of football, and then you might have a bit of crack about Liverpool afterwards. You know, you talk about the match of the weekend, and before you know it, you're sitting in a bar with them having a pub. And before you know it, you're friends, and you get you, you get asked to be a, you know to christenings and to be a best man and to do all these things. And you're like, whoa, all through football. And uh, I just think it's it's underrated in society how much it means to people. And I know it's all got money, 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 money. And I just we've talked about that before in previous podcasts. You have to just forget about the money because if you talk about money in football, then it would just be ridiculous. Um, but for me personally, Danny, this kind of second wave, this second lockdown, if if it wasn't for football still being about, I would be really, I think I'd be in a dark place. Mm. And um, yeah, I'm just grateful that it's that it's, it's out there. And um, I think it's a, for me, I pushed this pod with you, Danny. I think it's an important thing to to understand that the, the the positive impacts of football and mental health. You know, whether it be playing. And getting that hour of release so you can have a bit of physical fitness. Seeing people, I personally live, live alone, which is difficult. Yeah. Um, again, with, with the watching the football. So if you're sitting there in the evening and you're on your own, like what we'll do tonight, and I'm not one for watching soaps. I'm not really one for watching box sets and Netflix, you know. So I, but if there's a football match on, I'll stick it on and I'll just feel comfortable. And mm. that's kind of it, Danny. That's kind of where I'm at, you know. Yeah. 
And I think it's important, as we said before, people kind of forget about that, is that football is an escapism, an escapism from things that are going on within our lives, and especially everything that's been going on over the last six months. You look on, like, I was having a little research on mentalhealth.org, uh, and they've done a number of different surveys throughout the sort of UK and Ireland, and 49% of people said that one of the things that affected their mental health most negatively was the boredom that they went through during lockdown. So having football and having something that keeps you occupied, keeps you active, keeps you physically and mentally healthy is important, whether that be watching football and spending time socially talking to people or whether that be playing. Um, so it's, it's important and it's important that we talk about it and it's important that we see the realisation of, of how hard it was for people during lockdown in order to be able to get help and obviously for people to not feel like they were alone in that situation. It's so it's so easy for, for people to feel like they're the only ones going through this, that they're the only ones who uh, are missing the football or are missing social activities and, and they feel like they've got no one to turn to. We're yet so many people, as we said, they're 49% of 9,000 people that were surveyed throughout the UK and Ireland said that, that it was because of boredom that their mental health was most affected. So it's an important thing to talk about. And obviously we've got three guests that have very kindly come on uh, and they're going to speak to us about their own stories, each one of them going through different things, each one of them in different circumstances, um, whether that be career-wise, whether that be businesses and all these different things uh, that are going to be affected over the next couple of years as well as what have been affected during lockdown. Um, so we're very thankful to all of these boys for coming on. Um, and the first one, Darren has been on before with us. Um, so Darren is just, for anyone that hasn't heard him before, he's going to tell us a little bit about himself. Uh, and then Amal is just going to speak to you a little bit about what you've been going through. All right, Darren, how's it going, Paul? Not so bad. Happy Friday. How's it going? <laughs> All good. Um, Darren, I've, I've been chatting to you a lot recently. Um, I won't divulge too much into your personal circumstances, but I think it's fair to say... Um, you're a huge Liverpool fan and you're happy that things were going well on the pitch. But recently, with lockdown and stuff, um, it's, it's, it's impacted you, your mental health and stuff. Do you, tell me tell me where you're at the moment. I hope you're okay. Tell me where, how you're feeling and where things are. Yeah, well, well, I, I, thanks for asking, as always, very kind. But, um, no, and the reason, I suppose, that you can, uh, or what you're alluding to there, really, is, is I kind of went a bit public with my... Uh, struggles um like a week a week or so ago um which isn't really like me <laughs> um uh not what well, it's, it's it's like me to be honest and to speak I, I i'm not really somebody who has issues talking to people about what's going on uh, it's just the way i've always kind of been like i've just i've always understood that in order to fix something you have to you have to try and get it out there. Do you know what I mean? As difficult as it is. So for me, that's not so bad. But um, during lockdown, I live alone. Um, uh, I, live, I live in, uh, which, and I live in town, which isn't so bad uh, normally. But it sort of, it went for months there and it was like an endurance test, you know, where you woke up doing the exact same thing every single day, doing the same routine, basically eating the same stuff, not seeing anybody. Um, when when there was no football on, like don't get me wrong, I it seems you, I'm, I, it broke my heart when it when it ended. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm sitting, yeah, you know, <laughs> you put so much. Uh, when things aren't going well for you, 
Do you know what I mean? You, you you put a lot of faith and a lot of your hope into the football team. That tends to to happen a lot. Like I, I definitely think that's true. You know, and in some ways, for myself, I know I'm rambling about here, but uh, in some ways, for myself, the the rise of Klopp's Liverpool team is kind of in a timeline with my own sort of mental health struggles. And uh, like I, uh, so I got sober 2017, and uh, early that year, and then I moved back to Japan and. I started going to Dicey's to the bar to watch the European games during the week. And, um, and, I, and you were there many times. And, um, and that was like the first run in the Champions League in that. Like, and, I, and for somebody that lives alone, like I could have streamed the games in the house, but I went around to the bar just to see people, man. Do you know what I mean? Just, just to share with people. And we had a wee bit of a European crew that built up over the, over the course of the year, you know, and, uh, and, and you see the same heads, every, you know, during the week. And, uh, and I suppose I didn't really realise how significant and important that was to me, you know, and uh, to, until the lockdown happened. And then I'm in here uh, by myself all, most all of the time. And as you said, when the news of the second lo- lockdown of sorts uh, broke, it was like a, a hammer blow. Like, do you know what I mean? Because there's really, it takes an awful lot of energy to try and keep yourself up going when it's just yourself do you know what I mean so in sort of recapping the reason that I ended up speaking out quite publicly a couple of weeks ago is because I didn't really feel like I had any other options and I needed and I needed help as simple as that like I and the cool thing that happened as a result of it was that a lot of people reached out and a lot of people sent me private messages and a lot of people that are close friends that have just had other things on, you know what I mean? Like everybody has a lot of things on, you know, they got in touch and, you know, uh, and I was able to go around to one of my friend's house, who's a mank, I uh, can't have it all, and watch the football. Um, but, uh, you know, and I got to go and watch the football with him and his daughter, which was amazing. And like, you know, and, uh, and I went around with one of my other friends and had, Somebody roast with him and the family the next day, and and you know there was some uh, friends locally like got me a massage and stuff. Do you know like the kindness of people sometimes can be unreal. Like do you know what I mean? And like uh, as I say, it's the, I suppose what I'm saying is that speaking out was really valuable for me. Okay, and and. In hindsight, now a couple of weeks later, it was more. It was more for the people around me. Yeah. To, to be honest, I didn't. I didn't think that at the time. At the time, I was just going. This is how I feel. I'm at me what's end. I need to say this stuff. Like, uh, but the reaction was my close friends actually all sort of came, you know, uh, around or showed up. If you know what I mean, and it was almost like, you know, that they were able to see it. You know. But um, yeah, I, I, I times are tight. But no, I'm t- the answer your question. I'm, I'm doing I'm doing pretty well this week. It's been a good week. You know? Well, hey, that's good. Thanks for being so open and honest. And also, so you're a singer, so you're. Yes. I mean, I don't want to disbrand you or not make you sound as good as you are because I'm a big <laughs> fan of yours. You're a pub singer. You know, that's that's primarily what you do. You do At gigs. The yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so that's you, you've had your livelihood taken away from you. Yeah. Well, so, so tell me, so so the fact that say let's let's say we're on lockdown for another couple of months, the fact that football's still going to be TV for you, um, you know, because you've had your livelihood taken away from you, 
you've been through personal stuff. How much does that mean to you that you're actually still able to watch the football on TV? And, and I mean, I don't want to kind of put words into your mouth, but it's like a kind of lifesaver is a um, just a little thing to escape. What, what what does that mean to you that you can watch football the next couple of months despite everything what's going on? Uh, to be honest, uh, oh, come here, it's amazing. It's well, it's kind of it's. We were speaking in our WhatsApp group the last day, me and my friends, anyway. Uh, about how difficult it was without football because of how your life is built around it on a weekly basis. Do you know what I mean? And like, uh, no, I don't... Routine. Yeah, 100%. And like, even our WhatsApp group went quiet when the, when the football was down. Do you know? Now, like, and that sometimes it, 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 it's like a, an excuse for people to get together. And sometimes it's an excuse for people to get talking where then good stuff or maybe more personal stuff can leak out then, you know, when people are in a chatting about football, first of all, like, you know what I mean? So it sort of can be a conduit to that. Um, so that, that can be really good, you know, but the, no, the sheer fact that I can put the, the match on the TV, I, you know, it's it sucks that there's no fans there. It really does, like, you know what I mean? But at the same time, the fact that there's such variation in the results and it's all a bit mad and a bit different is uh, is exciting, isn't it? Like you know what I mean? And and, yeah. and and in some ways, it sort of suits this post-pandemic world that we're in. You know what I mean? The football sort of gone a bit odd, like, and uh, it's all got a bit mental, like. But um, right. I'm, and and th- that's that's been so so class, and it has been a bit of a life raft in the middle of all this like you know what I mean you can still go to the same websites you can still uh speak in the same forums you can still re- listen to your podcast that you listen to every day you know your normal you know weeklies and like those who like a bet still put the bet on at the weekend you know what I mean like the whole social thing and you've got a, a structure that keeps you ticking over when that's taken away from you that's massive for a lot of people man do you know what I mean like that's absolutely massive and uh no god bless the football Woo. No, 100%. Dan, thanks for being so honest. And just to let you know, folks, um, we've had Dan on before. I'm sure we'll have him again. He's actually going to finish um, on the end of the show with a song, um, and it's going to be exclusive to us, The Life and the Times of Me. So I think we'll all very much look forward to that. But next, we have on Stephen Buddy, um, who is a business owner. Um, and it, Danny is going to interview him and chat to him about how things have affected him and some you know, tough times through injuries and lack of playing football. So I'll pass you on to Danny and Stephen. All right, Stephen. So tell us just a little bit about yourself for anyone that doesn't know who you are, where you come from, what you do, all these fun things. Yeah, not the correct ammo there, but it's Bud. I've told you that too many times, my man. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Don't worry, I've, I've had it all my life, so I was saying often. <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm originally from Fermanagh, uh, living up in County Armagh, now, just outside of Craigavon. Um, I started my business, SB Sports, uh, back in December, literally just before uh, the whole pandemic really kicked off. Um, it really could have put us out of uh, put us out of action uh, before we really started, but we were able to digress, diverse, and. Uh, we're we're really on the up now at the minute, so hopefully you see a lot more from that uh, and from us in the very near future. Um, I suppose from a footballing point of view, whenever um, I could speak in demo first about this, uh, I relayed a couple of uh, I suppose memories and things that I've had in around footballing. Not even not even thinking about it at the time. I um, at the age of sixteen, I had my first serious knee injury uh, mm. from playing football. Uh, I done my cruciate. 
and up until that point, uh, like most people who are really into football at that age, it was my whole life. Um, I was playing maybe five times a week over two disciplines between uh, soccer and Gaelic mm. uh, down at home. And I just I had nine months and I just didn't know what to do. You know, and at that time, you're just thinking, oh, do you know what, we'll get over it. And then you just get sort of stuck into a hole. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, I suppose it's, it's very hard to, it's very hard to describe what it was like, uh, even at that young age. Um, I suppose being an only child at home as well, it was, you had nobody really to chat to. And at that time, mobile phones weren't really a big thing either. I'm sort of giving away my age now too, but, <laughs> you know, but, the, but you weren't able to communicate with all your buddies and stuff in the same way uh, that you are now, um, especially when you're on crutches and you're living in the sticks down in Fermanagh. But um, I've, I've, I've had two knee operations since, and even each one of them just hit me hard as well. You know, um, as I've got older, as I've got more sort of ways to stuff, it just, it really does bring you down. Um, even the small injuries like hamstrings and things like that, when you're out, when you're out of action, when you can't see the boys, uh, when you can't train and all the positive things that come out of training too. Um, they talk about the positive uh, endorphins that your body produces, etc. when you are training and yeah. playing football and that that's just all gone. Um I'm not really a person that likes going to the gym on my own. I don't like working out at home on my own. Uh, if I have a football to hand, that, that's all I really want to be doing. Yeah. Now, to be fair, over the whole COVID period, things weren't too bad. I have a wee boy of six who is as football mad as I am at the minute. Um, I probably should mention at this point as well, I am the token mank on the podcast as well so <laughs> who'd have thought we'd have it up this th- time I know <laughs> there'll be no slagging now we only conceded six last weekend so it's all good <laughs> but um, no my wee fellas my wee fellas nuts about football and we have a set of goals outside and we just played we just played constantly over mm. the whole COVID every day twice a day and that got me through it you know um, but I do think that at times and you don't really think about it when you're when you are part of a team. But if you if you lose one of the boys to an injury, sometimes a, because he's out of sight, he's out of mind, and you don't mm. really think about those people. And I think it's probably something, especially in this day and age, uh, and with all the troubles that we've been through recently with COVID, with being on our own and lockdown and all that stuff, that I think maybe going forward, it's something that I'll be more ad- adherent to and thinking more about that if we do lose one of the boys to injury, to always keep in touch, always make sure that they're okay, make Mm. sure if there's anything we can do for them. It's it's always the smaller things that make the biggest impact, I suppose. Yeah, Yeah. and it's it's massive as well. And I know, obviously, you're saying about getting this injury when you're 16, and then you're saying now, obviously, being older, you've got your own kids as well, and and we're in the same boat. Like, I've got got a little girl who's six and a little boy who's about to turn four, um, and a little baby as well and I think one of the things that you realise especially maybe playing football when you were 16 and you're saying about keeping in touch with the lads if they do get injured there's not really much focus around young people and mental health mm-hmm. and I'm sure when you got injured it was kind of a thing of you got injured you came home nobody would have ever have thought of saying to you how's your mental health is it no, is it okay no, because it's it's not something that teenagers really talk about but do you think it actually did affect you in terms of your mental health at that age? I, th- I think so. I th- it's hard, like, um, all those years ago, all those years ago, um, <laughs> I, th- I, th- I don't think that we were all so aware about it. Do you mm. know what I mean? And I think because 
because it is so much more in the public in the public eye now and so many more people like Darren are maybe talking about it openly you know like again I talk about being in the sticks and from Anna like you don't talk about those sorts of things do you know mm. what I mean if something's wrong you just get on with it and you get on to the next thing and you get on to the next thing and you, you never really sit down and talk about your feelings or talk about what's going on in your head or things like that you know but I'm definitely more aware of it now with having the kids um and always thinking and when you see everything that's going on in the media and stuff like that but i'm always thinking about what are they thinking how has that affected their mind um mm. and we're very open with our kids and we're always talking to them even at the young ages like we man six we years turning four soon but um we're always talking about our feelings how do you feel today do you know what i mean what was school like how did that make you feel or uh, football was tight today, wasn't it? You took a wee knock, but you get up and get on with that makes you strong. But how did you feel up in your head? Was it sore whenever it hit you, but you still got on with it? You know, it's, it's, wee, it's wee things like that that um, we are trying to encourage our wee ones to openly talk about. Yeah. Whereas back in, back in our day, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't something that you did at all. Yeah. No, as you said, especially when it comes to kids and especially young lads as well I think young lads you do have that sort of bravado that's like mm-hmm. oh, I should, no one should know that I feel down no one should know that I feel rubbish or like my mental health suffering because mm-hmm. I'm meant to be the big man and people will just make fun of me mm-hmm. um, but as you said it's got to come from a mindset change within mm-hmm. younger people and if Definitely. we can do that with our children and they grow up knowing that it's okay to talk about how they feel and their mental health then that's what's going to change our society long term and get rid of that stigma of oh no, boys don't talk about the feelings. They don't know how they how they feel. They should just get up and get on with it, as you mm-hmm. said before. Totally now, obviously, good. I met you probably about six weeks ago. Now we've done a charity yeah. football game. Six uh, weeks. <laughs> and Stephen provided all the kits for both teams, which was amazing. Um, I'm not going to talk about the result. That's irrelevant to this conversation. Um, but you provided obviously all the kits, and you weren't playing yourself, obviously because of injuries, different things like that. So having the football on TV as obviously it must be a, a big thing for you, because as you said, that's kind of a, a social thing now. Um, so how is it, what's the difference been between no football during lockdown and then football being back on now? Yeah, I'll just correct you on that as well. And I scored twice that day. So I did injured or not. I did get two, yeah. Don't worry about no it. You must have sneaked on. I didn't even I see keep, you. I keep you right, boy. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> that, just shows, that just shows how little... A little I was concentrating on that game. You've just, it, was, it was that bad for you to just put a clean out of your mind. But, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> no, I'm only messing. Um, no, I think it, it's a massive thing. Like, um, I do think as well that we kind of got into that rut at home because you can only go outside so much. Now, we were blessed. We were blessed with the weather, to be totally honest. So we were outside a lot of the time. Um, but to be indoors... To be used to maybe watching football three days a week, four days a week, uh, depending mm. on who you're following, who you like to watch, or who you don't like to watch, and to have nothing. It was just, it was such a, cult- a cultural shock, I suppose, for everybody. But personally, like, I, I would literally watch anybody play football on TV, um, even if I'm sitting doing a bit of work at night, just to have something on in the background. Uh, I always need that sort of people talk about a white noise in the background mm. and that football is my white noise. If it's, if it's not my team, if I don't have a vested interest in it, I still need the white noise in, in the background to help me concentrate on what I'm doing. But um, even I found it with my wee fella too, like he would always be watching. When do you think the football is coming back on? And, you know, I'd really like to watch a game. And since it's come back on, he has more of an interest in watching it on TV too, you know, in and around that age. 
uh, the kids are sort of they're sort of in and out and in and out but he will just fixate himself now and sit and watch it and I think uh, Darren had mentioned as well about the fans not being at the games like we we would go over to Manchester regularly uh, to watch the games me and the wee fella, and it was so it's so different now like it was the last game I was at was January I think uh, and we would be over once a month I think that's the biggest shock of everything is not getting that buzz, not having that atmosphere mm. uh, of being at the game, you know, and that's the the we the charity game that we were at there and everything, and even to have a few people around the outside and having a bit of crack at it, you know what I mean? It just it just give you that wee buzz, especially when a man scored twice. But we'll not talk about that again. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but that's that that yeah, I, I do get it. Why it's 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 so good to have it back and to think that a. Uh, Potentially, we be getting get, could be getting into a stage where it's gone again. Like I, I couldn't fathom it now at all. Mm. It would be a real, real struggle again. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I think a lot of people agree with you. A lot of people listening to this will agree with you as well. Um, having that, just that sort of the social aspect, because football mm-hmm. is so much more. And I try and explain that to my wife. It's so much more than just <laughs> watching a game. It gives you that social side of things. You're texting people, and I'm, I'm texting people during the match, and and you've you've got that camaraderie and that sort of relationship with people through the football that you're able to chat and say, oh yeah, like, did you see that? And you've got that sort of thing in common because you've all seen the game, you've been able to watch it together. So it's so much more than just watching some fellas run around the pitch. And that's why, as we said, fans are so important, having the fans there as well, because those, it gives that escapism and that social aspect. Now, last question before we, we move on to David, obviously, as you said at the start, you've got your own business um, that you started just before lockdown. And I think we all know people. My brother is involved in in the tourism industry and he he helps run the cabin club over in Liverpool. And so we know a little bit about how much businesses are being affected during this time and probably will be affected for the next 12 months and beyond, depending on what goes on, because it's such a fluid situation at the minute. How do you feel in terms of your your business and how just what's, what's your general thoughts about all of this? Um, yeah, it's it's definitely been tough, I suppose. Um, when we started back with the idea, I suppose we started with the idea back last June of what we were going to do, started to implement it from December. Mm. And um, everything we had planned for probably the six months uh, up to the end of June was just through completely up in the air. Um, we started out, I suppose, initially in the boxing industry. We were due to go to New York on St. Patrick's Day to sell a Michael Conlon branded uh, bobble hat. Uh, I have a couple of thousand sitting over there if anybody would like to buy one either, <laughs> if he's listening. But um, that, that just like on the Friday before St. Patrick's Day, we were due to fly out, just done, couldn't get over. So everything just went back down to zero, right? What do we do? How do we how do we make a real go of this, even with everything that's going on? Um, now, and again, there was, there was a mental health aspect to what happened straight after that too. Um, we would provide a lot of boxing equipment for individuals and clubs, etc. And we've seen a real spike uh, over COVID uh, and over lockdown period of people buying their own uh, punch bags and gloves for the house to sort of help them get through that period, help them from a fitness point of view, from a mental point of view. Um, and that really gave us, uh, I suppose, a good run over that period. And um, we felt, I suppose, internally as well that we were helping people through that too. Um, we had to sit down, reevaluate, see what we had to do, and we're just implementing now. Um, 
we were able to bring in a couple of brands, a couple of brands contacted us. Mm. Um, and we are, we've really aligned ourselves, I suppose, alongside Kiapa now as well in the north mm. of Ireland and in the UK. Um, obviously, the kits that we provided for the charity matches Kiapa and the guys have been great with us, have given us every opportunity to sort of go out there and uh, push the brand and have give us real good support behind that. Um, I think people in our position sort of only starting out small, not big stock. We should get through this period okay. Mm. But I fear for the businesses that maybe carry a big stock holding behind them that have invested a lot up until COVID and their plans have just went poof, completely up in the air. Yeah. So I think from a business point of view, especially the sports retail business that we're in, I think it's going to be very challenging, I think, for the next sort of maybe 12, 18, 24 months. I think that, unfortunately, we will see uh, the high street stores, especially the individual ones, uh, disappearing. I think that it'll be survival of the fittest. And I think those with big clout behind them or those that maybe wouldn't have been carrying that big stock burden that I talk about, or talked mm. about, uh, will get through this. But I think everybody else in the middle there are going to struggle and struggle hard. And that's across every industry as well. You know, yeah. um, I know the government have tried to help in certain aspects, but there are a lot of gaps there too in a lot of industries. Uh, we were no different to that um, as well. We've had to just sort of, I suppose, seal our own ship throughout all this without any support from that. But uh, hopefully Touchwood, uh, ourselves and a lot of other businesses that are struggling or maybe fighting to get through this will get through it. Yeah, oh, you're right. Um, and I think it's important, especially even on this podcast, it's so important that, that we don't only just talk about this, but we also are proactive in being able to help as well. And as you said, one of the things that is being hit is local businesses. And we can turn around and say that we support mental health and we want to be able to help and promote positive mental health. One of the ways in which we can do that is by supporting local businesses. Um, so it's important that we do that. And that's why we're going to have everyone's details up on our Facebook page and on all of our stuff throughout the next couple of weeks uh, for the likes of your business and what Darren's doing as well. Um, it's important that we make sure that we promote that because uh, I think local businesses are going to struggle and local businesses and high street retailers, local businesses are sort of the bread and butter of our society. They employ local people and it's important that we make sure that we push that in order to be able to, and, and it's a way that we can help positively in terms of people's mental health, in terms of their business as well. So thank you very much for sharing that, Stephen. Really, really appreciate it. Before we head over to our last guest, David, we are just going to take a quick break. So thank you so much for listening to Camel and Danny's Irish Outfield Road. This podcast is sponsored by SB Sports. SB Sports sell the merchandise for some of the best up-and-coming boxers and MMA fighters in the game. So if you're looking for any of their merchandise, head over to their website. And if you're looking for football kits, if you're looking for equipment or anything in between, SB Sports is the place to go for great prices and great merchandise. So head over to sbsports.co.uk and get a great deal today. Right, everybody, welcome back to Camel and Danny's Irish Outfield Road. Now, last but not least, we have David Brady. Thank you so much for being on, David. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and then Ammo is going to interview you. That's no problem. How are you doing, lads? Uh, first and foremost, thanks for having us. Um, yes, I'm, I'm David, uh, as you've already alluded to. Um, I'm 32. I'm from uh, Lisburn. 
Um, recently, for the past month, I've sort of started up my own sort of journey um, in regards to sort of promoting male mental health. Um, and I sort of derived from lockdown. Uh, lockdown, uh, like most of us, has been very tough, very hard. Um, for me, um, I'm recently going through separation. I'm recently selling the house and I'm back living with my dad. So it's been, been, been a wee bit of a shock. However, during that, there's been a wee bit of a light at the end of the tunnel and that, you know, I found the time to go see, seek help in regards to I lost my mum last year as well. So obviously with them, a lot of grief. And like most males, macho, macho, put on a face. Everything's OK. Well, in actual fact, it's not. So I decided to seek help reached out to a local counsellor who specialises in NLP, which is Neuron Linguistic Programming, just to really find out and understand my behaviours and why I was acting the way I was acting. And then that led to me doing my own sort of journey, which was using my passion for photography um, alongside sharing my journal entries, um, just to really help promote male mental health awareness, just to make people aware, you know what, as a male, it is okay to feel sad, it is okay to cry. At the end of the day, we are only human. So it's really just to promote that both on a you know local level and, and obviously speaking to yourselves just to, to reach further afield. Um, obviously, to relate back to the football side of things, uh, I still play football at the grand age of 32. So I'm still young, young Piero, um, or young Scotty, I to think. It's not the case. Um but yeah, so like in, in terms of, you know, the balance of playing sports, as you know, the guys and the lads have already alluded to, you know, the social element is, you know you know monumental um you know you could really go to a football team not knowing anybody and you'll pick up some of the quickest uh, friendships you'll ever have um so definitely human interaction has been a, a big thing for me in terms of uh being able to, to grow as a person but also be able to share my stories um so yeah that's, that's a bit of background there <laughs> david tell me this who, who do you support I'm, I'm not well sure uh yeah i'm a big united fan so yeah um, oh so it's steven steven's got a wee friend there he's, uh, he's, he, he, you could say he's got a wee buddy We'll he's, got go he's got a body. Yeah. Uh, but so so um I've had a lot of people over the last week or two um on the joking side of things with football. So what one word I haven't heard mentioned, um and what I think this word goes hand in hand with football, and you tell me your opinion, David, is banter. Yep. So me and Danny are doing, a, you know, it's a Liverpool football club podcast, but it's primarily a football podcast. So there we are, and he's on the first United men on. Um We've had the United men in the past, so don't 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 think that we 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 we, we didn't want his on like that. We've had the United men in the past, and we will continue to do so. At the end of the day, we're all football fans. Um, yeah. But the banter side of football, so you know, United got beat six one. You know, um, I was sitting there last week on social media, and I thought, you know, I'm not I'm not going to say nothing. And I was sitting there, and I was sitting there, and you know, I went to my football group, and I just started slabbering. And I fully blame the person to blame for Liverpool getting beat seven two by Aston Villa last week is me, no one else. Because I went to the group and I just slobbered. didn't, and 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 I deserve my own. So, see the banter side of things, David. How do you find like everyone's sitting here laughing their off because everyone knows the kind of what it's like and the banter and stuff. And do you find that the banter aspect of football is is you know a massive part of it? Definitely, uh, as, as you know, already alluded to in terms of the the social element, um, it's it's pivotal, um, and it's a significant role, um, especially within in football. Whether that's playing, you know, local grassroots football, or whether that's going to your, your you know your local supporters club or bar to you know to have a bit of crack with your mates. So banter is pivotal. Um, I think sometimes as well. I don't know if it's just me. I'm very empathetic where I am a bit consciously aware. Um, football banter is great, but then there's a line of grey area when there's other types of banter as well, which can sometimes be you know, taken the wrong way. Um, but in terms of football banter, I like I was exact same boat. Like I bit my tongue 
as I might, you know, not just Liverpool fans, but just fans in general, jumped on the bandwagon, United getting beat, United getting beat. And I've sort of learned over the years, just bite your tongue, just bite your tongue. So I said nothing. And then obviously got the result free. I was like, you know what, that's karma. You know, and it does happen, you know. Um, but definitely having banter, it's pivotal, you know, just, just to release that, you know. You laughing, for example, you know, as Stephen's alluded to, you know, the, the amount of, you know, um, different types of chemicals that your brain's releasing, you know, the estrogen to be able to make you feel happy, that, that happy feeling. So it is good, especially with banter, that's normally most majority of the time relates to laughing, um, which again releases those happy endorphins. So it's only a good thing to have banter, especially, you know, when it comes to football. Um, I think United, you know, we've had it, you know, a, a, we've had it our own way for a long time. It's sort of, it's, it's, it's uh, a change of scenery to, to be on the other side of it and taking the, the thick end of it, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely, well, Panther, it's, it's, it's pivotal to have that within, um, within, you know, the football now, but also uh, from a mental well-being aspect as well. Well, David, tell me this. So um, I checked the Instagram out today, uh, which yeah. will, so at the end of the, sh- at the, end of the uh, show and on our social media, we'll post... Darren's details of his single. We will post Stephen's business if you want to order some of the sports stuff, and we will post your Instagram as well, David, about your, you know, your the journal and the the mental well being of, of things. So tell us. I don't want you to go into too much detail if you don't feel comfortable. What led to this? But tell us. What, I went to Instagram. That what is your kind of your goal out of this? Um, I see that you you're using a passion for photography, and you're trying to you know help people. So tell me what your goal is. You know. I think the, the ultimate goal, and uh, and you've hit the nail on the head there. Like you're you're very empathetic as well. You're very conscious in terms of you know me not wanting to open up. But I think it's pivotal part of my journey and part part of what I'm doing and continue to do is to be very open and transparent. I think that's pivotal, especially for younger guys that are maybe looking up to me. Obviously, within the football team, you know, there's lads from 16 right up until you know 40 years old. But at the minute, I've changed, transitioned from being you know one of those young lads into being you know one of the leaders within the changing room. Um, so I think it's more important now for me to feel as if I, I can be open and honest and it can be so I mentioned there at the start of the, the the call there in regards to you know you know why I'm doing what I'm doing it really stems back to 20 years ago so 20 years ago I tried to take my life so I had a hard time in school I got bullied um and I tried to take my life but I'm you know 32 now 20 years on you know I'm, I'm good I'm in a very good place um but but what's happened recently with you know moving house or, or getting separated from from the wife and I'm moving back to my dad's uh, and then going to see counselling you know it's something just you know was a you know just a, a light bulb moment where it's like you know what I know fine rightly that I'm not the only male out, male out there that's maybe going through something or has went through something but you know what that's that's break down that stigma so uh, I decided then you know what I'm gonna you know use my Instagram as a platform to be able to promote male or promote male mental health uh, awareness and I'm doing that by using my passion for photography so I love photography now I don't have the grain photography but it was all fine art based so it was quite artsy fartsy and it, it wasn't really watching it was who you know within that industry and it's not really the path I wanted to go down so I sort of lost a bit of passion for photography but recently with my line of work you know I get to use some of the best mobile phones in the market and some of the best cameras that are on mobile phones so I started to spark that sort of passion again within photography and then obviously going through Instagram, I bumped into a company known as Mind Journal. So one of the one of the things learning from going to counseling is being able to write down your thoughts. And I said, you know what, I've never had a journal, you know, I'm gonna go for it. So this company specializes in making journals specifically for for males. And the good thing is they're tailored um 
so at the end of the, the, the journal that you're writing, that you're able to go out on your own and write your own journal. So they'll give you different tasks um, and different sort of exercises to do in terms of getting you in the right frame of mind to be able to write a journal. So what I said, you know what, I've got a passion for photography and I want to be open and transparent with people to let younger generations know that it is okay to feel the way you're feeling. And I think it's important, especially in Northern Ireland, we, we are in a, a post-conflict or, you know, brought up in a post-conflict uh, area. Um, and there's a, there's a thing known as, you know, transgenerational trauma. You know, so obviously, you know, I, I don't know the background of most of the lads, but like my parents and my parents' parents, you know, they're different breed. You know, they're, they're a man's man. My dad's a man's man. He's not very open. Um, and that does get transferred across, you know, different generations. But you know what? I think it's time now to be able to break that stigma and barrier. And the only way we're going to do that is having that transparency and having calls like this where, you know, four other lads who are being open and transparent um, about their sort of different situations. So I'm now using my journal as a narrative towards those photographs. So I'm still enjoying taking photos photographs but also using my journal entries as a narrative towards those photographs in the hope that someone out there sees that and is able to open up or go seek, seek the help that they need the good thing is feedback has been absolutely phenomenal i've had a lot of young lads reaching out a lot of lads similar age reaching out and it's great to see um, and the fact that they're reaching out i get a lot of pride in that so one of the th first things you do whenever you start talking about male mental health and your own mental health is you're conscious of what people will think first and foremost Get that worry out of your head. Do not worry because there's no point worrying about something that's out of your control. It's also conscious that, okay, oh, he's only looking at attention. That is far from it. I couldn't care less about likes or attention. The main goal here is to be able to increase the awareness of male mental health um, and also increase the awareness that it is okay to feel sad. It's okay to cry and it's okay to feel the way you're feeling. However, we then obviously then have to reach out um, and get the support that's needed. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and you bring it back to sports, you know, professional sports. So, um, You've probably seen, I don't know if you've seen the, the interview with Royal Carl, um, obviously being very open and honest about his time at United. I'm within sports as a goalkeeper. Um, and as obviously struggles and challenges they had around, you know, uh, alcohol. You know, the fact that some of that stature is coming out now um, and being able to share those stories is phenomenal. I'm going to need more of it, um, you know, and, and that's where I'm starting. End goal, ideally, I'd love to be a motivational speaker or, or in some sort of capacity. As long as I'm able to change at least one person's life, you know, I'm happy as it is. But I want to get to the stage where we can have conversations with other males and not worry about the stigma or barriers that generally sur uh, surround male mental health. Wow. <laughs> David, I if that's your goal to be a motivational speaker, then man, Jesus, I was I was caught up there with it all. Um so we've gone from Darren to Stephen and to David, and we you know we alluded a little bit about my story. Um so I'll bring Danny back in here. First of all, thank you so 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 much for coming on today. Um mm. we've had a little bit of everything, I think, which which is good. Um well, I'm gonna ask you all a question here now. Um and we'll we'll, we'll go in reverse order. So we'll go David, Stephen, and we'll go Darren. Um, guys, say if football wasn't in in society, so say it happened, the lockdown happened again, we weren't able to play and you weren't able to watch. In kind of a sentence um, right now, what would that mean to you? So David, I'll come to you first. Say there was no football and you, you couldn't be that lead in the, in the dressing room that you, you, you've taken pride in. What, what would that mean to you if there was no football at the moment? It's hard to probably sum up in a, in a sentence, especially, you know, as, as I mentioned previously about being in a post-conflict area. 
Um, the fact that football has been able to bring two separate communities together. There's no stigmas, there's no prejudice. Um, and really, a, a lot of people rely on that. Uh, rather, for me, football is definitely a stress relief. Or as my counselor said, that's my release valve. So without football, you know, I'm going to stress, you know, so I'm going to have to find other means and mediums. But because of something I'm passionate about, um, you know, it would, would be devastating, you know, um, and I wouldn't be the only person feeling that. So definitely mental health would be definitely affected significantly, not just for myself, but definitely for a lot of young lads out there because football is such an escapism. Um, and probably see, you know, worse sleep because obviously football and sports, you know, has a great uh, effect on, you know, having good sleep and more importantly, looking after your well-being. And Stephen, same question to you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> I think that uh, when you're used to doing something, <clears throat> whether it's watching or playing three, four times a week, for the last 30 years consistently consistently excuse me um i think it's just it would be madness it would be madness to get back into that phase again um i think once once in a lifetime is enough for a lockdown uh, i don't want to see enough <laughs> to have to go through that again to be totally honest um, and the same to you Dan. uh I, I think what especially living alone uh, i don't think i could do without the release of shouting you know uh, <laughs> I, 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 I need I need that shout do you know what I mean I, I need whether it be an anger whether it be uh, being joy whether I need I need it I need it and I, I need to scream at them you know yeah. uh, it's it's hey it's not I didn't choose this path you know what I mean <laughs> but it's it's the way it works for me but no honestly uh the I no, it's amazing. It's amazing that we can still support. Um, and just to make it a, a tiny bit Liverpool centric for a second, but uh, especially for ourselves, I don't shake your head there. I, I'd be, I'd, <laughs> we've all we'll, we've all gone very easy on you, all right. Uh, but that's, uh, um, and, and for more sense to like this is the best football team we've ever watched. Do you know what I mean? This is the best football team that we've ever seen. And, you've, uh, you've never seen the '99 United team, no? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, re- I remember it well. I remember it well. All, all, the, all them farmers that he had run by kicking boys. That's right. Uh, um, uh, that's right. Oh, uh, but, uh, well, 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 well. <laughs> but um, no, I don't want to get into the slag of match. We're recording this this podcast. Um, um, Mental Health Awareness Week, the 4th to the 10th of um, October. So all I can say is I'll finally pass back over to Danny. He's been quiet for a while here. Um, and Danny, how, how do you think this pod has went? And, and you seem, Danny, I have to say now, I'm looking at these three guys who, who have all come out with issues. You seem like a really stand-up guy, Danny. Like I've known you a good, good long time. And you, you're the type of guy that I look at and I think, Jesus. And I'm, I think we're allowed to say, I'm going to say the swear word. And you can, you can edit it out if you want. That guy's got his together. You know, you've got three beautiful children, a beautiful wife. You're loving life in, in the island of Ireland. Um, you you know, how do you ha- how are you feeling, Danny? And, and and you love your football, so is is that a big help for you? I think that's the thing, isn't it? And that's what it comes down to. And I think the whole stigma and attitude around mental health comes down to that. Is that when we are going through something, and when we are going through a problem we think that we're the only ones, that everyone else has got it together and we're the only ones who are breaking apart. And the reality is, is that that's the things we look at other people's situations and think, oh, that, that person knows what he's doing. I wish I had a life like that. I wish I had what was going on there. But the reality is, is that everyone struggles. 
everyone goes through difficulties we've all gone through problems and that's the thing is that normally when i start to break down into my story we talk about like oh like that person has has come from a good place and we look at like family backgrounds and all that like i, I come from a council estate background where my mum and dad were um into drinking drugs and all sorts of different things grew up in a, a gang culture society in the middle of north liverpool there where you where you were afraid to leave your house a lot of the time and i've worked hard for where i am now um, and I've gone through a lot of dark times. I think it's a mixture of the fact that my um, family are very much the types of people, my dad and my granddad and people like that were very much like sort of men should be men and we shouldn't be expressing our emotions at all. Um, so I come from that type of background. And then also at the moment, especially, I'm, I'm not really all that big in social media. I don't really post all that much about myself. I just post about my kids, really, uh, which is for the purpose of my family back in Liverpool that don't get to see them. Um, but I don't really post much about myself. I don't post about the fact that a couple of years ago, uh, we we lost a, a child, uh, which was a, a horrible and traumatic experience for us that, that is still uh, suffering the ramifications of that even now. Um, and I'm very, very thankful the fact that I've got a wife and, and three amazing kids. Um, but I've had to work hard to get to, to where I am now and gone through a lot of uh, dark situations and dark times that people don't necessarily see. Because, as I said, we only look at the surface sometimes and see people's lives and things that it looks good. Um, and I have a lot of things to help me deal with that. Uh, I think which is good is that trying to be positive, trying to have positive people around me. Uh, as you alluded to at the start of the show, I do a lot of um, exercise, do a lot of fitness, um, which has really helped me mentally as well. And then also, probably most importantly, is that I've got my my faith. I, I'm, I'm a Christian. I go to church, um, and that very much helps me when I go through dark situations and dark times. That I know that I have something that I can turn to, I have someone that I can speak to uh, and that I have a faith that, that keeps me in those times that are hard. Um, so it may look good, but, but, but obviously like anybody else, I still uh, suffer and have problems. I think it's important to, as you said, be open about that. And, uh, and as David alluded to before, it's important that we speak about it and we are open and honest about what we're going through so that people don't feel that they're alone. And it's it's far bigger than just us thinking, like, uh, I need to be strong. I, I need to be a man's man. I need to make sure that no one thinks that I'm going through any issues because then I'll look weak. We're far stronger. Like, I, I, I'm very exhausted. It's, it's inspirational to be able to listen to, to these three boys talking about their situations and what they're going through. It helps to be able to talk about it. It helps to be able to sit down and chat to boys. And as you said, it may, it may feel hard. It may feel weird. But at the same time, it's gonna it's gonna help other people and that's what it's that's what's most important that's what's most important to be able to help other people who are listening to this podcast who feel that they're alone driving to work listening to listening to this on the radio thinking that they're the only ones going through their situation they're not and there's people you can reach out to and there's people you can get help from um in order to be able to help you feel better we're going to go through a time over the next 12 months two years with all the ramifications of what's gone on throughout covid where we're Things are going to get worse. We're going to see people losing jobs. We're going to see mass levels of unemployment. We're going to see mental health go through the roof. Um, and it's important that we're proactive, that people with a voice are proactive in getting the message out there that it's okay to, to speak about it and it's okay to not be okay, as, the, as that sort of famous quote has been going around over the last few years. That's it. Well, all I can say, um, Darren, Stephen and David, Thank you so, so, so much for coming on today. It was good mm -hmm. to get the variety. Um, good to hear your stories. Um, and, yeah, it's been an honour and a privilege to have you guys on. We're going to end up here now, Danny, aren't we? With um, 
the, the life and the times of me, written by Dad and Doherty. So thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Times of me, broken down, broken hearts, and been diseased. Take it easy, boy. Some songs leave an image on your heart. She swore once that this one song always hurt because it's all the truth. She said, it Won't burn out, it's all burn
I'm in love that never stops I can still be running now with it in my thoughts Sports Social Podcast Network Judy was boring Hello Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com It's my little escape Now Judy's the life of the party Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon Whoa, take it easy Judy the Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.